This is Studio A from Interlochen Public Radio. Welcome to Studio A at Interlochen Public Radio. I'm Amanda Sewell. The Coden Quintet is here in residence at IPR this week. They're recording music for their very first album, plus they're performing around the region and working with students at local schools. I'm here right now with 40% of the quintet, flutist Hunter O'Brien. Hi. Hello. And bassoonist Corbin Krebs. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. So I think, I think, I think I figured out how you got your name Coden, K-O-D-A-N. But tell me, let me see if I'm right, and then I'll tell you if I was. Well, this is just our initials (laughs) merged into (laughs) something that sounds like a word. And the funny thing. Last initials, right? Our last initials. Okay. Yes. And what we discovered afterwards, sort of searching, you know, is Kodan, are there other groups named Kodan? Is this a word? And we found some sort of video game character Kodan, but also a form of storytelling. Um, And that's something that is huge in our ensemble so it actually worked out in a very beautiful way excellent if if i may be completely honest about the uh, my take on on the name uh i was definitely more drawn to the video game character (laughs) aspect (laughs) of it (laughs) to be specific they are um yeah what kinds of characters are they are they they appropriate for this context yeah they're they're a highly intelligent species of polar bears (laughs) um interesting something something like that i thought that was more interesting (laughs) (laughs) so storytelling polar bears in a wind quintet yeah i mean everything put into one okay (laughs) um and there is some uh dispute about the proper pronunciation of your own name (laughs) coden or codan we're flexible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it just goes with the very relaxed nature of the group that it just depends on the day. I think we all, we we say it different ways <laughs> depending, <laughs> on, depending on how fast we say it or how excited we are. You know, sometimes it inflects up or down. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did the five of you get together as an ensemble initially? We were very lucky um, to be assigned into a quintet together as part of our um, regular curriculum at uh, the Shepherd School of Music at Rice. Um, we started in 2020, um, which oh. was yeah. very much... That was a year. That, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sure was. And um, it, it was definitely a hard time for me personally, and I imagine for everybody else in the group, to be moving to a new city um, at a new school, a new program, which the master's program at Rice is notoriously hard. Um, and to be trying to play music when nobody is really allowed in the same room together. So for us, we were lucky that um, we were still able to uh, do some chamber music. They had like these big uh, plexiglass panels on wheels that they'd put in between us, um, and we would stand like 10 feet apart from one another, um, and it, it was tough. But because, you know, it was so difficult, and we all just genuinely really want to play music because that that's why we were there is, is to play music. It was the one thing that we could do. And, and I really think just right out of the, out of the gate, it um, made us have a, a, a special connection where we're kind of, you know, frustrated by the pandemic and not being able to fully get what we wanted to get out of our program at Rice. But here we are um, getting to play music together. And um, it, it was really fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, I think we still would have been together, you know, had the pandemic not have happened and we just were you know, randomly assigned anyways. But I think because of those extra, you know, circumstances, that's also a big reason why we're just so close now and, and care so much, you know, about each other. We've just been through so much in that crazy time. And now, you know, they're all just some of my absolute best friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, so sure. um, that's that's just a wonderful thing that, that came out of it. You say you're based in Houston, but you were founded in Houston. Mm-hmm. And I believe all of you but one actually have gone away yes. from Houston. But so why is it important for you to to stay together, keep working together, even as you have gone on to other different paths? Um, w- without being cheesy, l- like I said, I really <laughs> do think we, we have a special connection as a group. Um, like Hunter said, um, at this point, we're, we're all just best friends, you know, um, and I think we would go out of our ways just to see each other. But the fact that we all love making music together and um, have so much fun doing it, um, I just couldn't imagine not being in a quintet despite the the long distance mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of relationship that, that we're sort of in right now. Yeah, for sure. It's great. We're happy. <laughs> well, let's hear these five musicians of the Coden Quintet here in Studio 8 Interlock in Public Radio. They're going to perform music of Valerie Coleman. This is Tsigan. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you.
We're in Studio A at Interlock in Public Radio with the Coden Quintet. They are here in residence at IPR this week, and we're talking with flutist Hunter O'Brien and bassoonist Corbin Krebs. And folks, I seeing you now, I, I saw you live working with Interlock in students earlier today. The five of you just have such dynamic interactions with each other just it's like you're having an actual conversation <laughs> while you're playing it's it's really wonderful just watching your how you sort of talk to each other while you're yeah. playing it's and quite literally in the bremen <laughs> yeah th- one of the pieces that you'll be doing live in concerts this week that folks will have to come see you Absolutely. to hear the bremen town musicians it's uh, a sight to behold <laughs> i think is the is the term well, you're here at IPR this week recording music for your first album. How'd you decide what music you wanted to record? So the Bremen Town Musicians, the, the work by John Deke, was a very central aspect of the program. And I first learned of it from my flute teacher in high school, Joanna Cohen-White at Central Michigan University. And the Powers Wooden Quintet, the faculty ensemble there, has this brilliant CD of all um, chamber music woodwind quintets combining 
music and narrative or music and in this case specifically narrative and animal aspects so all the things you know <laughs> peter and the wolf and and the expected but plus some you know sort of hidden gems like the bremerton musicians and this is a piece that i grew up on so i had this cd starting from my freshman year of high school and it has been a piece that i've wanted to play for ever but i did not have the right people that were willing <laughs> to play it with me it requires a special bond it, to it be really able to does you have piece. to be very comfortable with sort of making a fool of yourself being completely open and vulnerable on stage but just having you know the the time of your life it's really really fun to perform so this piece became a sort of central aspect for our group that we really loved the balance of blending music with narrative or with storytelling, other elements like that. So when looking for pieces, that kind of served as a, a central, you know, connecting bond between all the pieces. If we could find things that had that story element or, you know, just some sort of narrative written word that, that went along with it. So how do you prepare for a recording session compared to preparing for a live performance? It's really difficult um, because it's hard to emulate the the headspace of being in recording while you're practicing because when you're recording you're you're managing a lot it, just mentally you're thinking about the music obviously um, and trying not to to mess up but more importantly is um, dealing with mistakes as they as they happen mm -hmm. because um, this isn't a solo project. There's there's five of us here, and um, you know one of the things with live music is it's it's never perfect. You know that's that's just intrinsic with what we do. And so um, I, I think we we do a lot of preparation so that we can not have to worry so much in the, the actual recording aspect. And for me, uh, th that really looks like lots of fundamentals in my practice. You know, I, mm -hmm. um, you know, being apart from everybody and, and not getting to play constantly, um, one, one of our concerns is, is intonation. Um, for sure. And so <laughs> um, intonation is top priority um, in what I work on because, you know, it's, looking at the tuner and, and being in tune with it is is the best way that we can unify our, our self or our sounds while we're away from each other. So that's a big part of it, scales um, and, and slow practice. A lot of this music is uh, manic and <laughs> to, to put it mildly um, and, and just challenging. And, and the best way to, to practice something that's really hard is to make it as easy as possible and, and to remove obstacles. So. Tuner and metronome, that, that is my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so much of it is, as Corbin said, the mental side of it. And I think, I mean, the one nice thing about having this group is we can really just be each other's best support system or best, you know, buddy through all of it. Recording by yourself, I think, is one of the most isolating, nerve-wracking, scary things to do. And you just get, you know, self-absorbed and like, oh, this note wasn't exactly the way I want it to. But, you know, if if I'm looking over and seeing, you know, four of my best friends there, it's like, okay, maybe I missed a note. But the energy, the excitement, you know, we're all just um, giving it our all. And that's, that's I think, the, the important part. Um, you know, little, little blips and stuff like that. They can always be, <laughs> we can always <laughs> figure it out how to, you know, try it one more time or something like that. Um, 
and and that that applies to the, the live performance too. I think one of the reasons that the energy level is just so high is there's just so much love and support on the stage that we can really just be you know as crazy as we want, and we know that everyone else will bump their level up to meet <laughs> us. <laughs> and yet, you can also kind of bring it in for a, for a quieter oh, and sort of yes. more um, more intimate moment, which is mm -hmm. what we're about to hear in this next piece by Amy Beach. This one really is sort of like the the palate cleanser almost <laughs> yes, of the definitely. of the rep because you have the the Bremen town and mm. the Zagan that we heard earlier and this the charming uh, William Grant still sweet with all the folk music and then we just have this this Amy Beach pastoral that's like beautiful simplicity okay. <laughs> that's exactly why we programmed it because we needed it you need it yeah. too we, we, definitely just a, a breath of fresh air and, and something pretty because we, we, <laughs> uh, not that not to say that the bremen isn't a beautiful piece of music there's braying donkeys <laughs> in that piece though and played by you corbin but um it's yeah but extraordinary a, a, a nice uh, quiet breath of air i mm -hmm. think and that's what we're about to hear. This is the Pastoral by Amy Beach, performed by the Coden Quintet in IPR Studio A.
Music of Amy Beach in Studio A at Interlock and Public Radio. We heard the Pastoral performed by the Coden Quintet. They are IPR's ensemble in residence this week, recording music for their first album. We're talking right now with flutist Hunter O'Brien and bassoonist Corbin Krebs from the group. During your visit to Northern Michigan this week, you're doing some uh, live performances in a variety of different venues. Uh, we just came from the Dendrinos Chapel and Recital Hall. You performed for Interlochen Arts Academy students and faculty. Um, you're performing in the Chimichian Hall at Central Michigan University, but you're also doing more sort of relaxed performances, coffee shops and wineries. Do those different types of physical spaces, do those require like a different kind of mental prep for you, a, a collective prep as an ensemble? I, I think the, um, the, the sort of more... I feel bad saying casual performances, but it is a more casual performance. You know, we're more up close with the audience. You know, there's less of a barrier of we are on stage, you are the audience, you must clap when we're done. <laughs> uh, Don't move. You know, <laughs> we, we just our group and our personality, we, we tend to favor those sorts of uh, performances where there's a bit more interaction with, mm -hmm. with the audience. We're in a closer space. We can, we can see in, at, our audience members and really connect with them in a way that um, a, a performance that presents itself as being more high stakes, we, we can't. And I think we oftentimes, we learn a lot from the more casual performances and trying to bring that sort of ease into more formal performances. I think one thing, just even in the, the chapel um, for the academy students today, we really do like to get to know our audiences or just be available for our audiences as much as possible. And I think, you know, the casual element of just, you know, someone's sipping coffee or right there, that you can come up and talk to us, ask us questions, you know, what what is this instrument that you're holding? You know, maybe they've never seen one before. Um, and bringing that sort of um, casual energy, you know, into a more typically like professional performance space um, I think is exciting and engaging because a lot of times you know the audience this might be a first time hearing a woodwind quintet or you know they might be seasoned concert goers but they have questions like that so how do you know you're doing well with an audience or how do you how do you know mm. if you're losing them <laughs> <laughs> well uh during today's <laughs> chapel performance, um, I, I thought it was a good sign when about 10 seconds or so into the piece, um, I saw a lot of phones go up in the <laughs> audience as to record uh, uh, what was going on on stage. Um, so that's that's a good sign. Um, uh, applause is, is good. Um, Always. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think... At, at a certain point, we can't worry too much ab about the audience and, and just exist in the music. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel it, it's really hard to describe the, the, the mental space of, of performing music. I feel almost like I kind of black out a little bit <laughs> and I'm just... Oh, I know the feeling. You know, <laughs> it's just me and the, the music and my, my friends and what they're putting out and just trying to, to match it and um, try and, like, like I said, just try not to worry too much about what what the audience might think and just put out what I want to put out mm -hmm. and hopefully people enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just came from a performance for Interlochen Arts Academy students and yes, their phones were out <laughs> and um, you're, you're performing later this week for 
um, TCAPs, students, um, while you're here. It's interesting, the Arts Academy students were asking you a lot of questions about college pre-screen auditions, um, a lot yes. of questions. <laughs> so they're sort of single-minded. But when you're working with high school students, um, what, what other kinds of questions do they ask you? There are a lot of questions just about ensemble techniques and you know how are we practicing this music how are we well and especially in our circumstances how are we making this sort of long distance quintet <laughs> work you know how do you fit it into your schedule how do you plan um a lot of the the more logistical things that they're thinking of um are, are things that i've definitely come across and a lot of you know instrument specific questions. There are a lot of different noises that we make throughout <laughs> throughout the concert. Um, yes. <laughs> and so you know how how are you doing that? You know what sort of you know what do you, that's that sounds like a donkey or a cat or whatever it is. Um, so that's that's you know also a big um, question that we've gotten many many times. I don't know if you've picked up on any others, Corbin. Yeah. I, no, I think you. Uh, hit the nail on the head. It's usually ensemble questions because uh, for a lot of people, it's their first exposure to chamber music, period. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the idea of playing such complex music without a, a conductor is yeah. um, uh, an interesting thought for them. It's like, how, how do you do that? And um, it's something that, unfortunately, I don't think um, a lot of young people get enough experience to do. Um, but I think it's it's really just a matter of you know wanting to do it, getting your friends together, yeah. and and just having fun. Corbin Krebs and Hunter O'Brien are members of the Coden Quintet. They're in residence at IPR this week, recording music for their first album, working with students, and performing around the region. You can learn more about this residency and where you can hear them live in person this week at interlockinpublicradio.org. Corbin Hunter, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Kelly D. Pasquale engineered this edition of Studio A. I'm Amanda Sewell. Thanks for listening. Studio A is a production of Interlochen Public Radio, part of Interlochen Center for the Arts. Our recording engineer is Kelly D. Pasquale. Amanda Sewell is our music director. Our digital content manager is Emily Duncan Wilson. Learn more at interlochenpublicradio.org. Thank you.